What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Iron Money Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Tudal. I'm sitting here today with Jake, the Italian meatball, a.k.a. Milner, a.k.a. Rendina. Um, Jake, what's going on, brother? Not much. What's happening, y'all? Um, I don't think your nicknames got better as I continue to come up with them. So no, I, have, um, I have about 40 of them. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but my favorite actually is Stupid Powerlifter, so thank you, yep. um, Mr. Haynes and <laughs> everybody else. So um, backstory on Jake. Jake and I met um, going into or in the middle of his uh, sophomore year. Just finished football season. He was in here training with uh, Coach Gerber, who was uh, University of Montana strength conditioning coach, who was working here at the gym for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I got to know Jake and a bunch of the different Glacier players through my time with them, and that was pretty awesome. Um, and then from there, I started coaching at Glacier. And when Gerber retired, some of these guys came on, and that's where Jake and I started to get closer, got to know each other, ended up coaching in the junior season, senior season together and uh did some cool shit so that's a little bit of a backstory jake what was what was it like coming up like how did you get your start in fitness well that's a great question um so it's actually a funny story and probably one my dad is actually embarrassed of so going into tackle football there's a weight limit right you can be a red striper which means you can only play line you can never run the ball I hated it. I played my first year. I hated it. I wanted to run the ball. My dad was a coach. So we decided to do a little weight cut, right? Because there was a weight limit. So I began running like a madman. I began training weights with my father, you know, dumbbells, push-ups, yada, yada. And I'm cutting weight. I made weight. I became a running back. I absolutely loved it. I destroyed it. And from there, I mean, it was just no looking back. How much bigger were you than everybody else that you were playing against while you were running the ball? I was a giant. I mean, I destroyed, it was like, I was like freaking Bo Jackson, you know what I mean? I was in, indefeatable, I was an indestructible <laughs> man. It was awesome. So that was fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then you went to Cowsville Middle School. Mm-hmm. And Danny O was your coach there. Yep. Danny's a monster. Love that guy. I was, he used to make fun of me all the time too. Yeah, Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny's a good guy, but he's an asshole. He is. <laughs> he is for sure. <laughs> I, I played college football with Danny, and uh, so there's gonna be a lot of uh, there's a lot of funny stories about that. And guy. his brother, his brother was friends with my brother too. Yeah, the Ogdens, man, that's a that's a family here in the in the Flathead Valley. Those guys, uh, every single person in that family, every one of those kids had the opportunity or has the opportunity to go. Yeah, shit, incredibly, incredibly. Pro- professional football, a couple of them, and then mm-hmm. a couple of them high, high, high level track. I mean. Mm-hmm. Who's the one that just graduated? That was Todd. Yeah, that was Javelin Thrower. And he's chucking it like yeah. however it, over two hundred feet in high school it, or something like that. Insane, man. Just absolutely unbelievable. But good family too. Um, very, very funny people. But so you uh, you had the opportunity to work under that, and Danny had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go play for I believe he worked out for the Pittsburgh Steelers as, yep. a, as a D tackle. Mm-hmm. And they're a three four team, so he could have played probably the two defensive end positions there. But that dude was able to get you guys ready at a very high level with a lot of actual, like, Mm -hmm. instruction on how to properly contact. And I feel like that is a huge piece of how you play football. You you don't shy from contact. You create contact. Absolutely. What was uh, was Danny's instruction like in your early years of football with something like that? You know, it's, it's pretty hard to remember. But I just remember him having a lot of faith and trust in me and, you know, 
whatever I wanted to experiment with, whether it was linebacker or running back, he had me do both of those. He never really specifically put me anywhere. Um, he valued equal playing time. You know, I was sort of like a cheat code because I was so much bigger than everybody. So, I mean, I remember during one game, and I think it was versus you coaching at West Valley, um, upon which I think it was Levi, um, Levi Frost, who was talking S. Am I allowed to cuss on this thing? Yes. He was talking shit. And I was like, put me in a linebacker. Put me in a linebacker. Oh, yeah. Frosty was one of our players. Yeah, he's um, running back, right? And I put me in a linebacker. I want this kid. He's like, dude. He's like, chill out, you know. And I just remember him sort of listening to me and being a great listener as a coach. Um, and instruction-wise, he was just a great guy, for sure. I think uh, while Danny being a good human being and a great football player and a great coach, his coach in college was Bo Beck. And that uh, so he was obviously one of our special teams guys. He was a kickoff coordinator and he did a lot of special teams work but he was a d-line coach that we had in montana state and one of the most balling ass recruiters you could ask for mm-hmm. but his thing was do it right do it light had yep. a lot of fun had a lot of faith in his guys uh, when you fucked up you were going to hear it but if you did your job and you work hard and you, and you just went to work every time mm-hmm. you never heard anything negative out of him it was always so uplifting and loving and i feel like that is something that danny Absolutely. was able to uh yeah. bring to the flathead as far as coaching so Seeing that transition over from such a good guy obviously impacted you and all the guys that uh, mm-hmm. were there. You know, you guys are some dirty little bastards when we played you guys. But <laughs> that was probably my biggest freakout ever. We're playing Jake's team, and I'm coaching at West Valley. And you guys were the best team in our little area. And I think ours was like three or two. Mm-hmm. Well, we were getting slacked. And I kid you not, there were six plays in a row where a different one of our players, my team's players, got tackled by the face mask <laughs> or the head and had to come out of the game. These guys were ripping helmets off, ripping mm-hmm. heads off. <laughs> and even Bilal, like, Bilal is all-state as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Should have honestly probably played a little bit as a freshman at Glacier, but Glacier doesn't really do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Luke out, that's a big deal. I mean... Man, so I come unglued after, like, the sixth one, sixth play in a row where we had to actually stop the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care. The next kid that tries to grab your face mask, you break his finger. The ref looks at me. I was like, yeah, I said it. If you're not going to protect him, I'm going to tell my guys to protect themselves. <laughs> and he threw a flag. And I was like, bro, <laughs> do your job or call the game because you're getting our players hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so mad. Our kids were getting like legitimately hurt mm-hmm. and no one was helping out. And you guys were over there giggling, knowing exactly what the hell you guys were doing. <laughs> and and I, oh, that was, that was a freak out on my part. I was so pissed. The beef between so... middle schools was real. That's man, sure. there's some rivalries. Randy, Randy. It's man. super fun. So moving forward, getting into high school, you, uh, you were all state as a sophomore, mm-hmm. all state as a junior, all state as a senior. Yep. Junior year, you were, what you had, you were off by like a touchdown, uh, a single touchdown on the all time rushing record or rushing touchdown record. Yeah. And we missed our first two games. Yep. And we didn't get a play in that third one. The guy who said it before you got to play all the season through. Yep. So one touchdown short, three games short. That was pretty impressive. Um, I want to know how many yards after contact you had though. Oh, so many. That's, that's gotta be broken tackles. You had people didn't know how to tackle me then. Well, I think you had like, 18 broken tackles against Hellgate. You oh, had like yeah. 330 yards. No, that was a receiver. That was a receiver no, who I, went off against us for 330. I was like the three, just just over the 300 mark rushing. And then you had six rushing touchdowns. Seven. 
seven. And this is, so the funny thing about this is everybody's pissed off that Jake decided, well, Jake's a big running back. He didn't lose weight, blah, blah, blah. So he's a slow, whatever. He came, came in 240. I'm very pissed about that. Junior year. Yes. Yeah. And then cut down a little bit, but everyone's all mad, everything like that. But he's out here doing things that people have never done in the state. And you had some muscle injuries that year. What was the story there? What was double groins? Double groin. Yep. Um, barely walk. Yeah, that was the last at the last two games of the season. Yep. And we still had to rely on you pretty heavily. An elbow. Yep. I definitely fractured it, but we didn't care. Fractured wrist, probably didn't care. Taped it up. That's just part of being a, mm-hmm. a hard nosed football player, especially it's a strength guy. You have to deal with that, like. Yeah. You're still able to go out there and be strong. You might not be as fast, but you yeah. do your job, and that's what the season exactly. expects out of you. Mm-hmm. But so we get through that season, end up going to the quarterfinals. Yep. Losing in the quarterfinals yep. to Billings Senior on an overtime field goal. Mm. Poor Pat. Oh, Man, God. I will say, Pat had big nuts that game. So our, our punter kicker is all stater, two year all stater, junior, three year old, sophomore. Yep. He didn't get his junior year. So oh, sophomore really? and senior, junior year, he didn't have a good season. Um, but he's going to Montana. He's probably going to be the starting kicker. Well, this kid is cramping up the entire game to the point where he can't even move his legs. And he still goes out, delivers a 78-yard punt, mm-hmm. and has to get carried off the field. Yeah. And then we have a – we have a, a let's see, a field goal from, like, what, the two-yard line left yeah. hash. And he goes out and he pulls this thing left, just kicks it, like, almost as straight as you can go. And we lose the game instead of tying it. Um, the only reason we kicked a field goal is because Jake loafed on the play before. <laughs> dude, I was so tired. Everybody said that to me. I was like, dude, I couldn't do it anymore. My legs were broken. <laughs> so we go we go out and kick this field goal. And then Pat misses. So I immediately give Pat. Don't forget the quarterback sneak previous to that. Oh, you're no, – don't. It was I'm four not, downs within the five-yard line. You I'm, got the best not, running back in the state. And we QB sneaked it for the first two plays. I'm not talking about our – our signal caller for that season. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, he, Pat gets labeled game winner. Ends up having a really good next season. Yeah. But, so, Jake, at that point, Jake took about three or four weeks off after the season. And then, yeah. we made a decision to go compete at the national championships together in San Antonio, Texas. And, that was, that was well, right now, it's the second best offseason I've ever had. Yeah. This last offseason I had was, was unbelievable, to be honest with you. But, helped me rekindle the fire that I had for lifting and brought Jake into a new sport. Um, a new passion. Yep. Absolutely new passion. He'd done a meet in between his junior and senior year. Kind of fun just to try it out. And then as soon as football ended, yeah, sophomore year. And then as soon as football ended junior year, took a little break and went straight into prep for the national championship. So we prepped that. And then after that was over, we still trained a bunch and everybody was Fucking pissed. Absolutely heated because mm-hmm. Jake was training for powerlifting and Jake wasn't running. Jake wasn't doing any of the, of the football stuff, which I, I agree 100%. We should be there for football and all that and go all out. But the funny thing is everyone was like, oh, Jake's not going to be able to run. He's going to be slow. He's going to be injury prone, blah, 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 blah. He's not going to be able to last the season. We're not going to be able to depend on him. We're going to have to use Goka Chia. We're going to have to throw the ball a bunch. Well, Jake comes in at 255 for his senior year. Yep, hefty. 
and spring ball is coming around and this is right after we get back from the national championship jake's like 245 for spring ball mm -hmm. and everyone's like oh and the first day isn't very good in pat or in mm -hmm. in helmets because jake just the day before we got back from a powerlifting meet in national championships yeah. where we both won national championships so stiff. jake set the number two all-time or number three all-time in the world in his weight class and then i won the first montana or first Open national championship for a Montana lifter ever, and then um, in the non-tested division, and then we get back, go through this walkthrough and go through some stuff, and Jake's sore, and people are, oh my god, he's never able to do anything, blah blah blah, and then we get into shells, and Jake puts this, he's pressing to the right on a dive, puts his foot in the ground, and does like a, a little bit of body lean to the right, jump cut to the left, and is gone, and everyone's like. What? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm just sitting there clapping like, you stupid power lifter. You're oh, too was, slow. So you're too big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just yelling at him the whole time, all spring ball, as loud and vocal as I can. So we have this good spring ball. We go to, we go to Coeur d'Alene, play against some really, really solid football teams. Oh. And uh, we, we square up. We do well. And better than we've done, from my understanding, probably in the last, what, handful of years from what Grady was saying. Grady was very, very, very happy at that yeah, point. he was. Not only with our varsity, but with our freshmen. That freshman yeah. group, sophomores now, they're going to be dogs or they're going to be juniors now. Good mm -hmm. Lord. Um, man. Wow. But but we get into fall camp after the rest of the offseason. Jake does walk in at 255 at this point. Mm -hmm. And coaches are still pissed. Coaches are still chirping. He's not going to last the season. Mm -hmm. To his face, to me, like, I can't believe he powerlifted, like, stupid powerlifting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm oh, sitting there like, yeah. all right, whatever. What? All right, yeah, you're right. I screwed up, whatever. And we get through the first week of pads, and everyone's just kind of like, it dies off a little bit, but there's still some coaches who are like, oh, he's not going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. he, his shot at college is over. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, whatever, bro. And yeah, you're right. He, he's totally screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we started getting into the deeper part of practice and getting into our games. What was our first game? Oh, my goodness. I think um, we opened at uh, – I'd have to look at the schedule. Right. We were supposed to play – oh, no, that was the year before. Who came to us? I want to say – Oh, I think Capital. No, Capital was later. Those two non-conference games. Belgrade? Yep, Belgrade. Oh. Bel <sighs> Belgrade wasn't a very good team, no, but – Brand new. Yeah, these guys just came up from A. Belgrade always blitz out some phenomenal athletes. While I was at Montana State, we had some really amazing kids come from there, like Matt Tebow, a couple of those guys that were just phenomenal human beings, phenomenal athletes. They just they were stacked against some extremely good talent from Texas, but just the best humans you could ask for to have on your team. And good, it's a good program out there in a growing area. So those guys are going to be good. And then so Jake goes out there and. Two, two sacks, four tackles. I think it was four touchdowns and like 200 yards. In like the first quarter, yeah. two quarters? It was half, by halftime, and then they pulled me. Yep. So there you go. Four, two, and 200 out. And everyone's like, oh, I mean, okay, well, it's just, it's just Belgrade. Let's not get too excited. I'm like, all right, yeah, you're right. He probably sucks. <laughs> and then we get to the next game. Who do we play next? Was it uh, the other school in Gallatin? No. Not no, Gallatin. that was a year before. No, it was Gallatin because then they put in – no, that was – no, you're right. It wasn't Gallatin. Gallatin was a game we skipped the year before. Mm -hmm. During COVID. Um, Non-conference. It was – oh, it was Great Falls, I think. I think we went to Great Falls. 
It was. Uh, it was. CMR. CMR. Because that's when my tire blew going through Nas- Great Glacier National Park. Yep. Second game. And oh. we went the fuck off. Yeah. Gage didn't miss a single. He missed like one or two throws mm-hmm. the entire game. Mm-hmm. And you outran a couple of the fastest kids in the state for long, long. I had. Touchdown I, or long runs. I had three ankle breaks in one. It's like the it's the opening clip of my senior highlight tape. I had like three snapped ankles and just like a forty yard run. And on top of that, the kids that are trying to tackle you, they're getting juked. Mm-hmm. And the kids who are trying to run you down mm-hmm. from behind, they're not catching. The kids who have you in open space, right. they don't want nothing. They want nothing to do with it. And I was at like two forty five at the time. Yeah, so you'd lost a couple pounds, yeah. but you're running from these kids at two forty five. And some of the fastest kids in the state are not able to catch you. Or yeah. they just don't want to catch you because they're scared. Yeah. Whatever it may have been. Mm-hmm. But later in the season, there are plays where you run away from mm-hmm. some of the fastest slots that we played against. And they you, could not catch you. you. Remember that. That was yep. yep. So it keeps on coming. Linebacker reps. We put you in a linebacker. We put this guy in a linebacker. And his lateral movement is so quick. That's what people don't understand. When you squat and you bench and you deadlift in the way that we do, you are using your whole body to push force through your feet mm-hmm. and through your hands. You can feel it in your first three steps, if yes. that makes sense. Your first three steps, you're like just so powerful. After that, maybe you a little taper off a little bit, right? If you're not a track athlete, but you, dear God, your first three steps, you can take, you can burst through a wall yep. with and all that squat. Even that, like more than that, though, the range of motion mm-hmm. that we train at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can control your first ten to twenty yards. After that, it's it's your genetics. It's what yeah. your parents gave you. Mm-hmm. But that first twenty yards, that first ten yard split of that forty, mm-hmm. your pro agility, just the output of force coming from your feet transferring into the ground, mm-hmm. just like any sprinter, is so was so high level that it didn't matter if you're going forward, if you're jumping up, if you're driving through a tackle, yeah. if you were whatever it was that you were doing or going straight downhill running behind your pads Mm -hmm. every time somebody would hit it was being hit not with not only with just sheer force but like you were heavy and you i mean force is all these things combined but the impact i mean it was blunt force trauma it was like watching legarrett blunt run in the NFL, (laughs) and that's a 250 pound running back that still had the ability to run away from guys and i remember um our conversation was like because i was i was skeptical just as everybody was to train powerlifting right I remember our conversation was, you will be unstoppable for the first 10 to 15 yards. And that's what we trained like. And that's what I was throughout my entire career was unstoppable for 10 to 15 yards. Yep. And the best thing about that, it earned you a job. It did. It earned you a job. You were going to go play wing tee fullback where you have to kick the living shit out of a guy across from you for three yards, whether you have the football or not. Yep. And if you can beat that guy's ass quick enough. You're going to pop for another five to 60. Yep. And it is three clouds or three yards, a pile of dust, a cloud of dust, mm-hmm. and maybe someone's on the ground crying and you're still running at that point. <laughs> exactly. You know, there was that guy from uh, Wichita or Kennesaw State fullback. Uh, what was his name? That dude would truck like three dudes in a hole and then he would run for another 70 yards because he had burst. Yep. And. It showed constantly. And then at the end of the season, which is where I really feel like you had where you made the most money was mm-hmm. when you did run away from these guys in open field, like the kid from view. I think that kid ended up getting like third in the hundred meter at state. Yeah, that was the... There were some very, very fast guys. When we played Billing Senior mm-hmm. and we beat them, you ran away from some guys. Yeah. 
Helen or um, seeing, uh, no, Sentinel, you ran away from guys. Every game where there was fast-ass guys across from us, you all ran them. And when there were strong-ass guys across from us, you out-muscled them. Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm getting as depth, in-depth into this, sounds like I'm on your dick right now, but it's a, there's a point being proved yeah. that when you have the for, the ability to apply force into the ground, you are going to be more explosive exactly. and quicker. When you create quick twitch muscle fiber, you're going to be more explosive. It doesn't matter if you're 250 or if you're 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. So the only person on the team that ran as hard as you was Jake Turner. Exactly. And Jake Turner's a freak. Maybe frosty, but he didn't carry the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you bring all that together, then you get fired up, that reckless abandon, that running angry. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a hard thing to stop. So where we trans- transitioned and translated very well to the football field, where powerlifting does really translate extremely well to athletics is when you go full range of motion like we do yeah when you teach your whole body to move together you know you're depending on your knee joints for every squat and clean and snatch and things like that that's the primary mover is well that's primary joint the mover is your knees i mean that's gonna give out and for a big guy who's gonna get hit in the knees all the time let's take some of of that pounding away transfer to our hips which is going to transfer everything that we do it's hip explosion Mm -hmm. so you had injuries in the season on your ankle both ankles. From guys gator rolling. Exactly. Or pulling on it in the pile. Mm-hmm. Now, when that happens, that's not a muscular thing. You can't prevent that. Yeah. That is what it is. But your musculature held up extremely well. You're able to maintain your weight because we put on exactly. muscle, not fat. You ate well in the offseason. You slept during the offseason. You yeah, ate right. well during the season. You did everything you needed to. Yeah, right. You stayed on program. And you treated it like your job, which is a challenge I made to you. Treat. Mm-hmm. your fitness like your job right now because it is yeah this is what's gonna get you your opportunity to pay for your school more importantly though for you i don't think you have to go to school to be successful in life mm-hmm. um for what you are going to be good at but you want to play football yeah and all right here's your time like now is the time this is yep. the place go get it eat sleep rest train take care of your body correctly hydrate stretch do all these things and we'll be ready. But the fact that you took a quarter second off your 40 time without running. Pretty, pretty crazy. Only using powerlifting. I did the same thing when I was training for the combine. I never ran a mile for like two years. I never ran a mile. Yep. Yep. So, but we created muscular capacity. Your lung capacity wasn't there until we got through camp. Exactly. Whose is though? But your muscular capacity, you could run all day. Yeah. So, and this is something that we did a lot at Montana State. We spent so much more time conditioning in the weight room and building strength and twitchiness than we did anywhere else and reps as many reps as possible yep on different things and building it incorrectly and then building strength Mm -hmm. but that seeing you translate that to the field and now to a new job in the army being a battering ram is really cool yeah so seeing all all the time that you've put in come to fruition and this is a lifetime of hard work sacrifice getting after it it's earned you the opportunity to go play football anywhere in the country you chose army yeah what does that feel like like what is that level like feeling of like accomplishment like for you you know it was um it was amazing it was a great feeling um when my first offer rolled in it was montana tech um great school um but i knew you know i wanted to go bigger i wanted to go division one right i felt like i put in enough time and then all of them started rolling in. And when you're a kid and your dream is to go play college football and you put in all this time and you've dedicated really 
your summers, your off season, your day to day life to becoming this ultimate athlete. I mean, if you think about it, I wasn't necessarily genetically blessed. My father's five eight, my mom's five seven. Um, neither of them played college sports. Uh, my dad didn't even play high school sports or, you know, sports as a young kid. My mom played basketball, right? So it was all coming. It all came through hard work and dedication. And when that kind of paid off, you're just sitting there on your on your chair and you're about to sign this paper and your college is paid for. It's pretty surreal. It's definitely a surreal experience. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And the cool thing about that, there's something that everyone should pay attention to right there. You don't, it, it's you don't have to be the best athlete or gifted in order to get where you want to go. You can get it through hard work and dedication. Mm-hmm. I had someone ask me today, that whole stupid anonymous thing. Yeah. Like, do you consider yourself intelligent? Like, no, I'm not. I just work hard. Mm-hmm. I do what I need to do in order to be successful. And I have really smart people around me, but the work ethic is what created the opportunity for me as an athlete and in my oh, yeah. career. And yeah. same thing for you. And that's why I know you're going to be successful. Cause I've walked a very similar path to you. Mm-hmm. And it shows, you know, it shows in what you're doing, it shows in the accomplishments that you've made and you listen for, for as seemingly, occasionally seemingly arrogant of a kid as you can be. Sure. You're also a very humble person at the same time. You just need to understand how to mm-hmm. balance that out a little bit. That's just going to come with maturity. Yeah. But that's the thing. There's cocky and there's confident. Mm-hmm. When you put in the work, it's not cocky. Yeah. It's confident. I've done the work. I know I've done what I need to do to succeed. Here it is. Mm-hmm. When we hit the platform in San Antonio, we were confident. We knew what our numbers were. We knew what we were going to do because we, we already we already put in the work for it. We strutted our stuff. That's for sure. Yeah, we went out there and showed what we built. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cocky like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go squat 800. Yeah, and you squatted, you know, 730. It was I, I noticed when I'm gonna hit because I'm capable of it. I'm gonna go out there and execute it, mm-hmm. and because that was work that was put in. Mm-hmm. And that's that's awesome seeing that, and it's a good lesson for other people. Mm-hmm. There's some workers on that team, and I know there's a lot of kids that are going to have similar similar opportunities to what you have mm-hmm. because of their work ethic. So, yeah, I mean, one of my greatest questions that always whatever all, all kids my age would always ask me, you know, how do you do it? You know, how do you squat this much weight? How do you bench this much stuff? And I'm like, well, when you're sitting home playing Fortnite, I'm I'm actually in the gym and I'm actually eating my ground beef and rice. I'm actually taking my time to count my calories. Or doing, sleeping. I'm, I'm, I slept whenever I could. Naps the, the amount of time that you would sleep, or I'd call you and be like, hey, uh, I'm asleep. All right, we'll take an hour, wake up, yep. move around. We got to go to the gym. <laughs> like, I mean, it was it, it was crazy. You go to work, you go to sleep, you go yeah. train, you eat. That was your summer. Literally was. So, and it was one of the best summers ever. I mean, literally. I mean, you're you're just this machine, the cog in the machine, and you come out, you come out with 255 pounds of twisted seal and sex appeal, man. <laughs> feeling pretty good <laughs> well it, it put it translated to the field and it translated everything else yeah. so i think the biggest challenge for you moving forward is taking the same approach mm-hmm. to your schooling mm-hmm. while you're in the army because these guys don't play and yeah, it's going to impact what you do and yep. you know work ethic is only going to get you so far in certain situations yeah. these guys want to know that people are you, you didn't care about school yeah so you didn't do it yep you cared about football so you did it at a high level if you can take and make sure that what you're doing is something you genuinely want to do, mm-hmm. you're going to succeed at a very, very, very high level. And if you don't want to do it, get the fuck away from yeah. it because it's your opportunity. Whether you go, no matter what job you choose in the army, mm-hmm. make sure it's what you want to do and what you're passionate about. Because if you do that, you're, you're going to be unstoppable at it. Just like, just like running the ball, just like needing someone to hold. You're going to win that. Because of your work ethic, so that's going to be impressive. What is appreciate that? What is your 
your two favorite memories from your time as a high school athlete? Could be any sport or before. Just to this point, two favorite memories. Oh, that is a great question. Um, one of my favorite memories, probably number one, would be um, I, I'm not sure, but uh, JT Allen. We're playing. Um, it was my sophomore year. I'm not sure if you remember this, but we were playing that, here, that that Coraline team, or it was a Spokane team, and they were good. They were really good. Oh, you guys played them in the during the season. Mm-hmm. Yep, because of COVID and uh, or not COVID. I'm not sure why we played it out of conference, but we ended up doing it. That's because uh, Belgrade wasn't in school yet, and they were still this. So we found a team from Spokane. We played them, and they took this cheap shot on my quarterback, J.T. Allen, right? And I got, I ran up there, man. I decked this kid in the face right through his helmet like an idiot. Destroyed my hand. And I'm squaring off versus these these, uh, these three giant guys that are way bigger than me. I'm a sophomore, right? And I just remember the feeling and just squaring off versus these three guys. That was, that was surreal for sure. Uh, protecting my quarterback. <laughs> Protecting JT Allen is one of your favorite memories. For sure. I, okay. you know, I felt so badass. That, that's the year I also got ejected versus you, you know. Well, that's also that's also shocking to me because, like, 95% of the time, I wanted to deck JT at <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, then that sophomore year, I got ejected for punching the kid in the face versus Butte. Uh, still hate Butte. These are your I'll, best memories. And I'll stand by that. I don't like Butte either. I'm so glad the last game that yep. we won was against yep. Butte. That was one of the great memories. Um, Remember when I tore my pants against them? <laughs> I had those pants held up. I need to figure out, like, I want to get a, really? a picture of us on the sideline. Yeah. And I'm going to put those pants with them. <laughs> there's just so many great memories that are created through the Wolfpack program. I mean, there's so many opportunities for memories. All the Spokane camps, um, staying the night inside the school. Oh, my freaking all-time favorite memory is junior year. We lift on Saturdays after football games, and it's always it's always leg day. It's heavy squats, right? So I'm I'm this yeah, is when I was doing it. Yeah, that was fun. So I was under the bar with like 455 pounds, and I'm and we're doing it for reps. And everybody, I remember racking that weight, and everybody just standing around the squat rack after I just ran for seven touchdowns, and then squatting 455 pounds for reps. Everybody, for like five, yeah. <laughs> and everybody was just staring at me like, "Oh my god, this yeah. kid's a god!" And I was like, "Yeah." I feel good. I feel good. That was definitely one of my best memories. No. I mean, having that uh, setting the, setting the tone for those guys, it's it's a good opportunity for you to you did a very good job of showing those kids yeah. what's capable, what people are really capable. There's of. not many moments where you, you you feel like you're a leader, but that was in that moment. I felt like a leader. There's different ways to be a leader for sure. Mm-hmm. And you and there's you're a unique human being because you're not the guy that's gonna go out there and be rah rah. Yeah, type of guy like you're. I hated that. I hated you, yelling. You're a very different kind of leader. And understanding how to use different leaders in different roles mm-hmm. is, is a very hard thing. And that was a, that was a big challenge for for Grady and for our staff because you're not yeah. there's not very many guys out there like you. Mm-hmm. You're a very important leader, but putting you in the right leadership role mm-hmm. is a difficult thing. I'm really excited to see what uh, what the Army teaches, what the yeah. military in general. I don't care if it's Army or whoever it may be, just what that type of a structure. Because there's going to be similarities. I don't care yeah. what it says. What that type of structure teaches you as a leadership, as a leader in a leadership role, just kind of, you know, what yeah. that brings about, what that unleashes in you, unlocks mm-hmm. in you. And, yeah, I mean, you, you can get guys to stand up behind you and do whatever, they'll do whatever you ask them to. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see how they use 
you to get guys to buy it. Yeah. I know that's going to be something that happens. I definitely, I definitely hope I learn how to use my words better. And what I mean by this is during the football season, if I would get upset, I would hurt people. And which wasn't very smart of me. I remember I accidentally, you know, broke Rhett Measure's uh, jaw, broke like seven of his teeth because <laughs> Coach Rigler was on my ass. And I felt that he needed to be punished. So I took out one of the players, got kicked out from practice. I re- that's one of my biggest regrets was doing that. I wish I would have just used my words instead of the uh, the body that I had created. But, yeah, I hope I learned how to use my words at the Army. Why, why do you feel like it's hard for you to use your words? Like you, you have a very, you're able to communicate and mm-hmm. talk very well and chop it up yeah. with people considerably older. Like you're one of my best friends and I'm yeah. 13 years older than you mm-hmm. and your mom knows how to talk. Your dad knows how to talk. Your sister knows how to talk. So do you. But why do you feel like you struggle with that? I just, um, you know, I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going to come off as this cocky, arrogant guy that everybody thinks I am, which, you know, sometimes I am. Granted, but you know, on a football field, I don't want to be that that asshole that's getting on kids and yelling at them and teaching them how to do things when I don't know everything. When I, when I don't know everything, I tend to you know I tend to sit and observe, and I don't know everything about football. Um, so I wouldn't use my words, and I wish I would have. You know. I hear a lot of that. Like when I'm talking to different people about coaching mm-hmm. or coming on as a coach of mine or starting mm-hmm. their own training business, they're like, "Well, I just don't know. I don't know enough." Yeah. But you know so much mm-hmm. more, and maybe even if someone knows more than you, yeah. I learn from you. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this shit, you know, I've been doing this shit forever, you know, what, six years, forever, six years longer than you've been alive Mm -hmm. or six years less than you've been alive. I've been doing it since I was 12, you're 18. Um, I've been doing stuff a long time and I still learn a lot from you. And it doesn't matter what people know around you and what you know, it's what you can teach each other Mm -hmm. and being confident in your ability to contribute no matter what, Mm -hmm. at whatever level that may be. That's a, that's a big deal. So just being confident, um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're the dude, you were the dude, you were the best. If you, if you played outside linebacker and you ran like a four or five, yeah. there's not a chance in hell that there would have been a person in the state ranked above you. You'd have mm-hmm. been number one player in the state. Right. The two kids that were above you, extremely fast football players, good yeah. football players, Top of that way. but I think their speed yeah. elevated them. While you may have been a better football player, they were better speed athletes. And speed yeah. kills right now. You, If this was 15 years ago, yeah. it wouldn't have even been close. Told that a hundred times. A yeah. different style of football, mm-hmm. a different style of uh, programs and scheming things. But if we were running you know, traditional I formation, you would have been the shit. Yeah. It would have been scary. Yeah. You could have played tailback, fullback. You could have played inside or outside linebacker yeah. in a 3-4 or a 4-3. You could have played anything, and you're a special teamer, man. Like anybody would have been blessed to have you. I've talked to a plethora of collegiate athletes and in uh, post NFL football players, and they first question is, "How fast are I?" Once a forty time, and I'm like, "Oh, I was four six five laser at NDSU," and they're like, "Oh well, yeah, you'll get a few offers and such, but I don't know. That's just well, how it there's, is." There's six foot six, two hundred sixty pound defensive ends running four threes. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't sweat. Yeah. I mean, you got guys like that. You got some mm-hmm. freaks come out. You got mm-hmm. like tackle from Georgia, I think. That guy's like oh 350 God. pounds and he runs a 4'9. DK, he, Met, DK Metcalf. Too. DK Metcalf. I mean, you get oh guys God. like that. Like, and it's just different. So, mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to be able to develop your speed at the next level even mm-hmm. more. You got a great strength and conditioning coach that's down there. Amazing. He's a good dude. You have a great foundation of strength already. Yep. The block that we are handing Army. It's phenomenal, and that's a testament to your work here, your work with Gerber, your work with your mom and your dad, mm-hmm. your work with yourself. 
Army's getting a phenomenal block to build whatever they want. You can play pulling guard, you can play center, you can you can play tailback or fullback, you can play whatever you want. And on defense, you can play damn near anything. I don't think you give yourself enough credit there, Donnie. I mean, without you, none of this is possible, and that's a damn fact. Well, it's it's a partnership. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I know where, where my role in, was in this, but Gerber's one of the best strength conditioning coaches in the country, mm-hmm. hands down. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know how, doesn't understand pieces of it mm-hmm. from a business aspect, but that dude, I have so much respect for that yeah. man as a strength and conditioning Amazing coach. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. Yes, Great absolutely. Coach. Absolutely. I value the time that I have with him so much. Mm-hmm. So much. Such a good dude. And, uh, you know, he, he's a very, very, very good mm-hmm. person. What he does, I'm very sad that he retired because I feel like he can still help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I hope he's happy doing whatever it is that he's doing. Mm-hmm. But you've had a lot of really good people, just like I had a lot of really good people helping me. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. We all pay it forward. And no one's going to take more credit for it than you because you're the one that showed up. You put in the work. You put in the discipline. You did all the stuff. We can help you while you're here. Mm-hmm. But we can't make you sleep. We can't make you eat. We can't make you drink. We can't well, make you nap. <laughs> there was a couple times we made you eat. <laughs> there was a couple times I was forced to eat. Yeah. Yes, there were a few times, but you still showed up. You did the majority of the work, so mm-hmm. that's why you have the opportunity that you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Like I'm probably no matter what, if you decide, you know what, I never want to play another snap of football again. Mm-hmm. Cool. I can't wait to see what you do in general, no matter what direction you do, as long as you're chasing what you want. Mm-hmm. But what is the biggest thing outside of the communication thing? Mm-hmm. What is the biggest thing that you want to work on that you need to work on from your time in high school as you transition into an adult? Yeah. Um, my biggest thing was, and I, I got this a little bit from you. You were, you know, you, you say how I did all this work, you know, on me, but you were the bumpers on my alley into what I sort of want to do, right? I love to lift, right? Boom. I find you. We do all this. You show me what lifting can get you in this life, and it is a lot. And what hard work can get you. And you showed me through that. So I want to be those bumpers for kids or athletes who want to sort of do what, I, what I've what i done or what we've done. I sort of want to learn how to be that bumper for kids instead of just being like, oh, yeah, nice bench press, kid. You know what I mean? For sure. Just being that bumpers and that guide, like all these great coaches that I've had in my life are. I want to be one of them. I want to be a great man. You're, you're going to be a great. You already are a great man. The thing I can tell you on that right now is understand your position in life. Mm-hmm. And how you're going to impact people the most. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're still doing your thing. Mm-hmm. So you can encourage and impact and do all these things and help these kids. Yeah. But you don't see Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. out there coaching. Mm-hmm. You see him out there encouraging and helping and doing yeah. a little stuff like that and volunteering yeah. his time. But you don't see him taking someone under his wing fully. Yeah. Like I was able to with you. So you're still the guy that's going to be under someone's wing. Mm-hmm. But you have other people you're able to take under your wing in a, in a more limited capacity. Yeah. But as soon as you walk into a room or, man, when you get done with your first collegiate football game and you're standing there and you have, like, 200 kids just, 33, oh, man, like, you got your ass kicked this game. Yeah, give me an autograph. Like, that's going to be the coolest thing, even if you didn't play. Yeah. Like, if you just suit up and you're like, yeah, I didn't play this game at all, but mm-hmm. these kids are going to be so happy to see you. When you encourage them and love on them a little bit and spread yeah. that, that wolf pack way and just, you know, drop some genuine just encouragement and love on these young kids and – Older people, whoever it is, like that's your job right now is to encourage and inspire. You don't have to worry as much right now about educating. That time is going to be when you are done with your piece. Focus on being the best that you can as a human being, as a player, and as a motivator. And then when your time is done, 
being the product, being the player, that's when you have the opportunity to transition. That's great advice. And now if you're, if you're out screwing around, like doing little guy football and stuff like that and coaching like a one-day-a-week practice and a flag yeah. football game on the weekends, yeah. that's different. But it's still to create that – remember when we were little and just mm-hmm. playing football was the coolest shit in the world? Yeah. Like yeah. You just get your football head. You're like, I don't know what to do, but this is awesome. Yeah. Or like I was just watching a TikTok the other day. This kid hit like a home run and he's doing like – He's rolling into oh, home yeah, base. I was like, motion. no, stop. <laughs> and this kid's just out there having fun. Like, create that for people. Yeah. Create that for kids. Create that, that in the gym. Yeah. That's why so many guys were able to come here. Mm-hmm. When COVID hit, I didn't charge any of you guys any money. And we trained for like six months, five days a week, sometimes two days a week, or two times a day. Um, and we for go free. run. And we, and go, we run. go do everything. I make you guys throw up in the gym and remember <laughs> Shiloh. <laughs> oh my God. All over himself. Just standing there just puking down his shit. Because you're like, don't bend down. Whoever puts their hands on their knees is running extra. So he was just puke standing up all over himself. <laughs> and he kept going. You know? but, but we created that, that camaraderie and that, man, this is different. This is hard, but we're here doing it together. Yeah. And it's so much fun. And that right there, man, that's what made that team to me so yeah, special. That was brotherhood. That was genuine brotherhood through adversity of COVID and all that type of stuff. Like, man, that right there not only brought you guys joy, but brought me joy. Out <laughs> 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 there torturing you guys, having fun, but knowing that it was the right thing. Like, you know, whether we're a kid's sport or we're at uh, the park or in the gym. Man, that right there, that fire, that love for the sport, that love for – we weren't even playing football. Mm-hmm. We were training for football, but it was the love of the sport. That is your job at this point is to really inspire that. And you see that in me as a, as a coach. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh, you have to be – I mean, yes, you have to be technical. But I understood my role still as in, in you know, as somebody to inspire mm-hmm. and love on kids and, mm-hmm. you know, offset regular and all those different things. Like, understand your role and – Give yourself a little bit of time to come into yeah. that more. Really taking someone someone under your wing because you got to go learn how to go to war now. Yeah, and if you're more focused on other things, man, you're you're not going to do what you need to. Yeah. You're not going to have the opportunities that you deserve. Mm-hmm. Focus on that, and be an inspiration, and in how you treat people and how you perform on the field with effort. I'm not talking like oh you have to go get yards and things like this. You need to go out and work your ass off. Mm-hmm. So when you tell kids like hey man, if you work your ass off, you're gonna have the opportunity just like I did. Yep, and you're still doing that creating yourself opportunities yeah. and teaching these kids how to create themselves opportunities through genuine hard work. Cause that's how you made it. That's the best thing you can do for anybody. That is your, yeah. that is your form of teaching. Mm-hmm. And when you're done with football and you're done kicking doors and hopefully we are at peace the whole time you're in so you can get out, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, we'll see. but then that's your opportunity at that yeah. point to decide how to impact people in a different way. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what you do. I'm proud of you. This is this is your last day before you ship out to West Point to start your career in the Army as a West Point football player. Black Knight. Cannot wait to see what happens. I'm very sad you're not powerlifting anymore. But who knows? When you're done, I mean, I already talked to your coach, but you're not doing it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But when you're done, (laughs) when you're done with football, you're done banging, and then you come back to it. I know you're going to make noise. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yep. And I, just, I can't wait to see everything that happens. Thanks. So appreciate it. That belt is always here. If you guys want to come view it, oh, yeah. it's in the gym. It's yep. hanging up. You can touch it. Can't take it. Can't take we it. own that. Yeah. Beast That's athletes. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> guys, appreciate you guys coming through. Appreciate you guys listening to this. This is uh this is us closing the closing the book on uh, or closing this chapter. The out, chapter at ends. On Jake Rendina up and, to and Donnie to oh. high school. Oh, that chapter's not it. I'm coming to a game. Oh, yeah. The dynamic duo, the protege, <laughs> and the teacher. 
No, all right, guys. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Iron Money Podcast. I'll talk to y'all soon. Okay.